The forest calls, and heroes shall answer. The old Margrave Forest is an ancient wood, already old when most of the gods were young. Kingdoms rise and fall beyond its borders, but the Margrave remains a world apart, a place where memories and old magic linger in the rings of trees. It has plenty of secrets and treasures to tempt adventurers, but those who fail to honor the old ways do not return. The 60 pages of the Margrave Player's Guide for 5th edition give you everything you need to journey into the deep, dark woods and come out again alive, or achieve a hero's death worthy of story and song. Here you'll find three new playable races from the deep woods, new barbarian primal paths for bear folk characters, forest-themed class options for clerics, druids, rangers, rogues, warlocks, and wizards, 13 new companion beasts including everything from alligators and falcons to a giant mongoose, forest hounds, and rare stags, six new feats and a new forest dweller background with a feral variant, 45 new spells including shadow tree, Legion of Rabbit Squirrels, Mark Prey, and Revive Beast. New magic items including Bracelet of the Fire Tender, Circlet of Holly, and Sickle of Thorns. The gods speed you on your quest, heroes. Stay to the path. Beware the human-sounding whispers from the shadows. And never, ever light a torch after midnight. Support Crit Academy by picking up this amazing product at www.critacademy.com slash Press. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. Uh, I'm Johnny. I play Ted and uh, One Shot Onslaught, and I also play Clyde Reamerstat. Cool. Are... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, halfway to heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I am Adam DeWeese. I am the dungeon master for both One Shot Onslaught and Halfway to Heroes. I'm Dustin DeWeese. I'm Adam's brother. I play Ironclaw in One Shot Onslaught. And Merlin on Halfway to Heroes. And I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast was created to provide you, our heroes, with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. (laughs) We hope to inspire you with creative content you you can bring with you on your next adventure. Our show may not be suitable (laughs) for young children, but neither is our D&D games. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you scared uh, a a child with your creepy-ass shit, you know that? Really? Yeah, one of the kid, one of the kids I run D and D games for uh, at church found our show. <laughs> so that's not good at all. No, not it even is close. Not, it is not. Um, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our generous sponsor, Cobalt Press. You can head on over to criticademy.com/slash Cobalt Press and check out their amazing product. Please do that. What, so what did I do to scare a child? I'm fixing your voice, know. dude. Like you did one of the it was one of the dark voice things you do where you're like talking like this and shit. And she's like, "You be scary." I'm like, "Well, you shouldn't be listening to a show that's not for you." I like the souls of small children. 
<laughs> Thank you guys for joining us today here at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Oh, that's right. Uh, your roles are like an adventurer's guild without any adventurers. Bankrupt. Yeah. Bankrupt? <laughs> Bankrupt. <laughs> we got a really great show for you guys today. I am so excited. Um, we have some amazing special guests. You've seen them introduce themselves. You've probably heard them, because undoubtedly, if you are listening to our show, you have probably listened to One Shot Onslaught as well. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. No problem, Thanks man. for having us. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really uh, love your show. We're going to really get into uh, talking about um, your journey through the creation process of your podcast. Uh, and basically, I'm going to poke and, and prod at what it's like to take run a successful actual play because I love your guys' format. And it's unique from other uh, actual play podcasts. It's one of the big reasons why I wanted you guys on because I love your format. So I'm excited to talk about that. Um, we have a question from Daniel S. in regards to vampires. Why do we keep getting fucking vampire questions? Because they suck. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Where's the poison? I get it, I get it. Uh, so we'll, we'll be answering his question. We'll be interviewing this awesome team from One Shot Onslaught. And of course, we finish the show up with our Unearth Tips and Tricks, where every single week we bring you new and reusable material for you to bring with you on your next adventure. But before all that, we spend a few minutes talking about what's going on in our realm. One shot on slot, guys. What's going on in your realm? Anything exciting? Oh, man. There's a there's a lot of exciting things going on. I don't I don't know if this is I, I saw in the show notes. There's there's a place of plug stuff yep. later around. So that's true. Um, but uh, so in our show, in our world. Uh, one shot onslaught wise, it's a little different than other shows because since we do do one shots, a lot of times there's not kind of an overarching, uh, you know, like a, a bad guy happening in our world, in right. our realm. Um, so, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, went, it went faster than I thought it would. <laughs> I thought, I thought it broke. <laughs> I've been there. It is time for a new chair, but yeah. <laughs> Johnny, you need a new chair. Your fucking mic broke. Oh my god. Okay, so yeah, uh, in the world of one shot onslaught, the the realm. Um, uh, as of our latest episode, the guys just got back from. Uh, I don't want to spoil i'll just say they hunted a shark and that was just in our last uh one shot adventure that we they did uh but other than that the the world of raven's point the town of raven's point's kind of you know just uh status quo nothing big happening okay uh, in the town of halfway to heroes or in the world of halfway to heroes uh things are good things are at peace and uh the guys here are about to graduate um and uh yeah things are things are good on on both of our worlds right now actually <laughs> very cool so uh i think that'll do it for in the realm uh brandon uh if they like to visit other realms how can they do so they could put a bag of holding and another bag of holding <laughs> that do it that would do it uh, you could visit our website at creditacademy.com where we have a link to audible.com and if you subscribe to audible you can get a free 30 day trial and a free ebook plus if you do it through our website it helps us out greatly yes and Justin just staring at me like I owe money. Well, when you go off, when you go off kilter and you make references that I'm not sure you actually understand, 
it kind of gets me worried. Mostly references that you don't understand. I got the fucking reference. <laughs> uh, anyway, so before we move on to our Let's Talk About Blank segment, uh, we like to start off our show by uh, giving away fat loots, compliments of Goblin Stone. Oh. Each episode, we will draw one lucky subscriber's name, and they will win the five-star rated adventure, Banquet of the Damned, compliments of Goblin Stone. Goblin Stone is a community project for D&D fans based out of the UK. They aim to be a place where you can team up with professionals to turn your ideas into high-quality products and give every fan a chance to get published. Tears wife. Be sure to head over to www.goblinstone.com or you can check out our fellowship link on our website, <laughs> www.critacademy.com. <laughs> we don't remember that. Fucking really, dude? <laughs> look, look, look at the creature on the banquet of the damned. Yeah, oh, <laughs> always, I work with that lady. Yeah, he always says, that's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god alright uh... <laughs> and today's winner is Blightfester uh, well, well. Blightfester? Blightfester Blight. <laughs> oh. yeah it's supposed to be that one it Yay. doesn't matter fucking just pick one god damn it and stick with it <laughs> yeah one fucking job I'm literally gonna, one job I'm gonna push it again <sighs> year and a half Keep taunting me. Keep, keep taunting me, fucker. <laughs> Congratulations, Blightfester. If you enjoy the adventure, please head on over and leave Goblin Stone a review. Now, Ian, if they'd like to... Uh, fuck, where was I going with that? If they'd like to be entered to win prizes, how can they do that? There's lots of things they can do, but the biggest thing really is go to our website, subscribe. Yep. We won't spam you, we promise, <laughs> but you will get some good stuff. Yeah, follow us on Twitch, follow us on, uh, subscribe to YouTube, all that jazz. Yep. Um, so moving on to our Let's Talk About Blank segment, we have a question from Daniel. I'm certainly, I'm going to fuck this up. Senkuch? Senkuch? Cooch? <laughs> You're going to get worse. According to the Monster Manual, vampires have the following weakness. Forbiddance. The vampire can't enter a residence without an invitation from one of the occupants. In a scenario where the party is being chased by a vampire, they run into an abandoned house and shout, We live here now. Go away. <laughs> is the forbiddance in effect? <laughs> I would love to hear the, the, the thoughts on this from the One Shot Onslaught group. What do you guys think? Oh, my God. I think there might be some legalities to that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe, maybe a deed. You need to see it. I don't know. Can you prove you live here? <laughs> Joke's on you. It's a warehouse. <laughs> oh my god. Before this, I always assumed uh, like vampires just needed verbal permission, blanket statement, uh, which I'm now seeing some loopholes in. If they went to like an abandoned warehouse and no one's living there, I, I was thinking to myself, like, could they get into that abandoned warehouse? I, I think they? vampires are smarter than that. Like they know you don't live there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, so I guess I guess it comes down to is what is the what is the power that is preventing them? Is it their knowledge that the person lives there? Is it some sort of divine judgment? I mean, the my monster manual didn't really have shit on that, so I have no idea, and I'm not a lore expert. Um, Depends on which lore you go by, too. Uh, 
Did any I of think you? Ca- you carry a few pictures with you, like family pictures and friend <laughs> in the warehouse. Just fucking you gotta, hang you gotta have a picture of you in, standing in the doorway of the home, like motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> getting in here. Yeah. I can actually. Uh, I, I do need you through to answer this because we. I am currently running Curse of Strahd at a home game, and that, and Dustin's in that home game, and I know that he is now going to try this. So <laughs> I won't want to be through to answer this definitively. I can picture a vampire pausing. Oh, okay, now first off, this warehouse is not a residence. It causes commercial property, not residential. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so vampires can go in a commercial property because it's not residence, right? But see, yeah. a commercial building can be on private property, though. Oh man, it gets there's so many loopholes. <laughs> so many loopholes. According to Stack Exchange, uh, Brandon, you just pulled that up. What is a Stack Exchange? I don't know if you guys know what Stack Exchange is, but it's a place Stack where they exchange. do a lot of um, discussions discussions on raw formats. What does it say? Mm-hmm. It says here, entry to homes. Vampires cannot enter private human homes unless they are invited by the owner. Da, da, da. Vampires do not need to be invited into public places such as bars or restaurants, or in this case, probably a warehouse. So, yeah. so now, okay. But back to the original question, right into an event house, <laughs> and they claim it. Is there vocal claim on a thing? I'm going to say no, just because, A, as you pointed out, our guest, you don't have a D to the place. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And the... Uh, and I'll admit, something else I will mention too is just because I'm reading the Justin files right now. They mentioned that in order for a res- the reason why a resistance has a fact, according to the lore in that series at least, which is not D and D, mind you, but still is- more than I have now. So let me hear it. Right, when a family and their residents like uh, live there for a long period of time, it essentially creates a spiritual anchor, if you will. It creates oh. a presence. <laughs> that is dope as fuck. <laughs> So if and, I if I have a and the longer house, and the longer it's in the family, the longer the family lives there, the stronger it, that that bond is. Mm. So I'm totally gonna fucking go with that because that's yeah. better than anything yeah. I had, and yeah. it kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah, but that's not <laughs> official lore yeah. in D and D. No, 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 no. I don't know if you all have seen the hit cult comedy classic, <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows, 2014. But I watched it like a night and a half ago. And what they do in that movie is it's about three vampires living in modern times. They're all like 800 years old. They go around and try to find bars that will let them in. And uh, they dress really goofy. So the, the bartenders say, no, they can't come in. And then they say, okay. They literally have to be invited in to public places. So I don't that, that movie at least does not go by that lore. Right, right. I've not seen the movie, but I do watch the show. So um, it's, it is entertaining. Not, so, yes. Here, here is my thoughts on it, um, and this is not raw by any stretch of the imagination. If the players ran in and did that, I would probably just make them do some sort of persuasion or some sort of check to try to convince the vampire that they do, in fact, live there. Because if you okay. convince the vampire, he might not even try to walk in to begin with. Um, that being said, if the vampire tried to walk in... I would let him just stab him or bite him or whatever the hell he plans to do. So I would leave that up to the die in my in my opinion to make that decision. Okay, um, just so you know, this isn't actually your home, so you have to convince him to not want to try to come in. Ooh, I remember one episode of Being Human. I only watched for the record the American version, not the original BBC one. Mm-hmm. But there was one point where they some uh, vampires killed other vampires by like uh, they they called a meeting in the guy's home and they were invited in, but they were all vampires and the other vampires wanted to kill. And while they're having that meeting, they had the guy who owned the house sign the deed order to somebody else. <laughs> so, so they could that that's hilarious. See, See? and it killed all the vampires that are inside that house because they weren't invited inside. Met a new owner. <laughs> <laughs> that's genius. I love that. I say another thing you could do is ideas now. 
if he got multiple vampires chasing him, they're like, oh, shit, they, they live here. I'm like, wait, I got an idea. One of them takes off and comes back with town guard. And they're saying, we got a warrant. Can you produce a deed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, I would think, in my opinion, from a, a ruling standpoint, I would allow the vampire in. But I would leave it up to the players to try to convince them that it's their home, and then maybe they wouldn't actually take the risk. Punishment for walking into somewhere you don't know, or they just can't literally just can't enter. I just know, yeah. like I just know, in some media at least, the vampire literally physically cannot walk in. Like, there's an invisible wall there. Okay. I think it's the same yeah, concept that's what I picture. Is... I picture an invisible wall that they just like slam in. I don't know. Yeah, I think the same concept as ghosts can't travel over water type of thing. Yeah, have not heard that. Neither have no, I. Really. But I mean, I We're guess about... they did that in Castlevania. Vampires couldn't, I think, right? I don't know. Um, but anyways, I would leave it up to the dice um, because they technically don't live there. They would need some reason to convince the vampire, in my opinion. I don't know that that's the right call, but that's the call I would make. Unless some bastard used minor illusion to pull, pull, make a deed appear out of thin air, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Ian, and your stupid clipboard bullshit. That worked pretty good. You're not allowed to take minor illusion no more. That was, oh. <laughs> that was precipitation. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> They're both gone. No. Um, so uh, that's my final thoughts on it. Do you guys have any final thoughts on that before we move on? No, I think we covered everything. <laughs> I do like we, we goofed a bunch, but I do think as an actual DM, yeah, I like your idea of um, either rolling a persuasion check or them, you know, for them to even try to come in. Otherwise, yeah. like, invisible yeah. ball. That sounds very five E of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until I roll. I try. I do try to avoid leave it to the the DM, but I always give my thoughts on it and or raw if I can. And I read it ten times, and I don't know what the answer is, so I'm just going with what I would do. <laughs> um, Jeremy Crawford or any other Watsy staff, if you're listening, please send us an answer. <laughs> you can send it to us at critacademy at gmail dot com. <laughs> Uh, how great how much would you shit show? yourself if someone like that emailed you? I don't know. I remember I lost my shit when uh, Chris... Uh, you can't remember his name. I, Chris Perkins? Yes, thank you. Chris Perkins <laughs> followed me. I'm like, oh my god! He followed me. I'm, uh... I was being stupid. I was nerding out for a minute. <laughs> That'll do it for our Let's Talk About Blank segment. Uh, Daniel, we hope we answered your question. If we didn't, please send a letter to the complaint department at critacademy at gmail.com. Um, it'll probably end up in the recycle bin. If you don't want that to happen, please send a $5 check attached. Um, and we'll make sure we take care of business for you. That being said, uh, if you guys uh, enjoy the show and you want to support us, we do a lot of DMs Guild products. We got our War Chanter out now, our silver best-selling uh, brawler. Um, actually, that our gun mage, our gun mage is almost is a few sales away from seller uh, uh, bestseller too now. So uh, definitely check that stuff out. You can go to CraigHemi.com and click the link there and and, and get all that good stuff. The or, brawler got there fast. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that's awesome. One of our patrons is on his honeymoon right now. <laughs> They're spending it <laughs> yeah. doing this. Fucking watching us. <laughs> I love you, babe. I love I you too. Let's watch some Critic Academy. <laughs> I did not know you all made the brawler subclass. Yes, we did. Yeah, that, that was, was us. That was the, us. the barbarian. Yes. Ones? Yeah. Ah. That's not good if he doesn't I'm know on, that. I'm on DM's guilt. Well, no. <laughs> it says Critic Addy right on the front. <laughs> say critic? Oh, my God. Right on the front. <laughs> just bit me from the call. Just <laughs> Do you have it? Have you used it? Uh, I have not yet because I never get to play players. That, that, I, I, I get brawler. that. Wasn't I? Uh, no, that that was a brute and that was a fighter. Oh, that was an official That's or... Right. Um, Unorthodox Arcana, I think. Yeah, their Unorthodox Arcana is not as good as our brawler, just so you know. <laughs> He's in the same boat as you are right now, just that he actually gets to play soon. <gasps> yes, I'm so excited. He's yeah. going to be running the next campaign. Yes! <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. The mental image I have in my head of our brawler is like a just a, like a half dwarf barbarian walking walking into the middle of combat, dragging two owlbears with them. All right, where do you want them? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it right there, buddy. Uh, anyway, so definitely check that stuff out. If you've already purchased it, thank you so much for your uh, patronage or your support. We appreciate it. Now, really, let, now we're moving on to the main topic, the meat and potatoes. Really, God damn, Really dude. the reason why anybody is in chat right now uh, watching this at all <laughs> is because of the one-shot Onslaught crew is here. So um, the first thing I want to uh, really jump into is why don't you guys tell us a little bit uh, about yourselves. We'll start with Adam since he's the DM. Oh man, put me on spot. That sounds so, good. That ah. sounds good. Give them time to to get their thoughts together. So, I am Adam Deweese. I have been playing um I started off with just, you know, tabletop board games and then I finally dived into Dungeons and Dragons um in early-ish like spring 2017. And uh I am uh I'm married to my beautiful wife, Brittany. I've got two amazing kids, Chase and Liam, and I am an IT consultant. And then I am the DM of One Shot Onslaught and also Halfway to Heroes. Nice, nice. Very cool. Dustin? I am Adam, uh, Adam's brother. I'm <laughs> Dustin DeWeese. Are you Adam? There's, we already went through Adam. You got two Adams? That's weird. <laughs> I, um, I have a tree business with my dad. And brother, my other brother, and I cut trees down. That's pretty much it. Climb trees, cut them down. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. You just, you just point at a tree and he'll climb it and cut it down. <laughs> do, you, do you wear plaid? Please say you do. <laughs> no. Oh. I tried once. It didn't work out. You must have like fucking monstrous cannons, just like our brawler. That you can pick up um, on Demon's Guild. I have a wife, Courtney, oh and God. a daughter... That is one and a half years old. Her Aww. name is Evelyn. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, we played board games for a long time, and then we jumped into D anD D, and now it's pretty much our life. I think. <laughs> I will say, all uh, all three of us were in my starter campaign, uh, so we all started D anD D at the same exact time. So I'll go ahead and say that, so that they don't have to <laughs> repeat that same right, exact right. Uh, start date. Um. All right. Uh, what about my fucking tetters? Because that's apparently his name on our, thing, on our Zoom, Zoom box. That, that was on from last time. I forgot to change it. Oh. <laughs> What's your tetters, yeah. <clears throat> My real name is Johnny. Uh, I used to work with Dustin and them doing tree work. And then I went to school for Harley Davidson. Moved out to San Diego. What, 2000, 2012? Went back to Ohio for two years. Just moved back here in February. Uh, worked left hard us. Up. Yeah, I left him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so heartbroken then, about and, it. And then he so. came back and left us again. <laughs> yeah, he left us. I think he left us three times, actually. Nashville. Yeah. Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, I moved to Nashville for three months. Came back to Ohio. Then moved back to San Diego. Did I do um, that to you guys? Yes. <laughs> Fucking hates us. Did he mention he's our cousin? I don't know if we mentioned that yet. Yeah, I'm, we're all we're all related. Yeah, that uh, that explains why you guys got such good chemistry. Yeah, it's I, literally uh, one shot onslaught is three brothers, a cousin, and like a like a friend from uh, like middle forever. school, and then halfway to heroes is um, same thing. The, <laughs> the 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 friends are swapped out. We've got a different friend, but still <laughs> a friend from like middle school. 
So the chemistry on both shows is is really tight, and we sure. see that a lot in reviews and about people like what people tweet about the show. Uh, so. New York Tater says he loves our guests. <laughs> That's because yeah. of the beards, and if you go in order, <laughs> <laughs> you see you they get a, longer. You got a grandmaster, a wizard, and a novice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're saying I'm a grandmaster? Thank you. <laughs> actually, Kevin, said, actually, in the summer vein. When the chair broke, of course, like, his head got lower in the view. So I know I'm like, huh, it's like a dwarf now trying to watch a camera. Yeah, stand up real quick. Oh, man. That's a little bit naughty. Me? Yeah, just so we can see your beard length. I should have trimmed mine before. Oh, okay. It used to be a lot long. I think, yeah. Yeah, I trimmed it the other day. I trimmed my beard once. It doesn't grow very. It doesn't grow very thick, so. This is my max. But uh, I also make the music for both the shows. Um, sometimes Adam, you know, I send them to Adam. He's like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, it's awesome. And then sometimes he's like, cool, thanks for the song. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So that's uh, what can you tell us about your most memorable D&D moments? I mean, oh, I, I assume there's got to be a lot of them by now. My, my favorite one. I can't remember if Dustin turns into a fucking bear with a pistol. Johnny, dude, that was one of my two. I have two, and that was one of them. No, okay, so since you don't remember when, I get to jump ship on you, and I get to I get to steal right. the spotlight. Uh, so, this was not on our podcast. It was Typical DM. We, it, it, yeah. <laughs> it was before we had decent mics, so this one's not on our podcast. It's still up on our YouTube channel, but it's it like off GoPro. It's like unedited. It's it's not that great of quality, but like our show, the one scene is worth it when Dustin, uh, they are investigating a crashed illithid ship, and it's got all this high tech uh, stuff on it, and they find a laser pistol, and uh, Dustin is a druid. He turns into a bear, and for some reason, he had the laser pistol, and somehow yeah. enraged. No, right? No, no, you were blinded. Oh, you were blinded with the laser pistol and drunk as fuck. <laughs> so and he, he and he's just standing up, just uh, just shooting everybody around the table. And it's uh, Johnny. That's one of my uh, one of mine that I also wanted to mention in here too. So the uh, the module's called um, oh fuck, it's something expedition, the lost expedition. I think it is. Uh, it was so long ago that I like, thought it was low crater. No, low crater. No, low crater is different. No, oh, um, this wasn't a crater if that counts, but no, it's called the Lost Expedition. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Johnny, that was also on my that's that's my all time favorite one. That's a trained player because as soon as the DM disagreed with him, he's like, Oh, no, shut up. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, mine, mine was probably when uh, our first game we ever played, and me and Johnny, we uh. We had a bunch of was it cows with us? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. ox, ox, I think oxen or something. The and uh, we we went down in a dungeon. And I was like, man, we should bring these down for meat shields, you know? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we were technically able to, but we brought them down in this dungeon hole. <laughs> Use them as meat shields. They they literally we we started playing and nobody really knew how to play Dungeons of Dragons. He he said like a paragraph and then said and go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like what are you talking about? You know, you start hurting cows in the dungeon. That would be one way to to, to, to detect traps. 
<laughs> if it doesn't explode, it's safe. Go on, Bessie. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I, I read. Uh, I think it was on a Reddit of somebody that um, made a big elaborate dungeon with a bunch of traps, and uh, his players decided, his or her players decided, I'm going to go back to town. I'm going to buy all the chickens in town, and I'm going to let them loose in this dungeon. <laughs> And that's how they found all the traps of, of, of the dungeon <laughs> You know, I just, I just realized that if all the players were playing characters that could breathe underwater, they somehow managed to find a way to flood the dungeon. Ooh. <laughs> Fucking tritons. Yeah. Wizards. <laughs> sea elves. There's a uh, snare right there. All right. So, do you, any of you guys have any moments where you guys feel you fail as a dm or player and if so what happened and how did you learn from it i've i've got one um it's a dm um i don't get to be a player a whole lot so i don't know any moments that i've failed as a player necessarily but um in one of our more recent episodes uh it's called claw of winter um and i don't want to spoil the plot or anything but on on one part dustin uh he plays a druid on one shot onslaught and he decided to use his conjure animals to conjure eight cows, and he conjured them like around him. A meat shield. A meat. Uh, no, no, you called it a cow fortress on the on the episode. <laughs> uh, cow fortress. And I thought, Mobile. that's awesome. I really want to like award him for for doing this because I really love when they think outside the box and use creative ways for their spells. And I completely failed the rest of the the encounter to account for. I wanted to give him like a full cover behind the cows and uh, whoever else was in there. And I completely forgot. And I was kicking myself for like days after that. Just thinking, I mean, he, he, he used this spell a really cool, creative way. And I completely just bombed it. <laughs> I love shit like that. But it, moments like that happen to a lot of us, and it's always a learning experience. Um, so that's really cool <clears throat> that you're able to, to walk away with a new experience. Uh, Dustin, how about you, man? I, um, as a player, I'm always thinking like logically and stuff. And sometimes it even helps out the DM, I would say. And sometimes the players get mad at me. <laughs> like, why, why would you tell the DM that, man? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, like, it just wouldn't happen. You know? Yeah. I don't have any examples right now, but. Yeah, that's okay. What about you, Johnny? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. That, that's perfectly Ted, okay. Ted, Ted never fails. <laughs> I make uh, no mistake, bitches. <laughs> Johnny, to be fair, I can't think of a moment you failed either. <laughs> um. The, the crazy thing, when we did our, our home games, um, it was just me, them, and all of the wives. Uh, I had this check called the titty check. And <laughs> the titty and check? Every, that failing. And every Tate single – it's not failing, but it's weird. And I just kind of like to learn people. Uh, every, t- every time I did that check, I rolled a natural 20. Every single every, t- every fucking time. I have it was weird. <laughs> he just – Scientists, we need you to get on this because this was unnatural right here. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so now, now the big stuff. You know, uh, there are dozens and dozens of, of actual plays. 
uh, I believe you are the first one we've actually uh, invited on. And one of the things is, is I actually listen to your show. Um, I like it because I have, I have a hard time listening to long running shows because it's hard to, to first of all, dedicate the time. Most of that goes to audiobooks. <laughs> and secondly, it's nice to be able to listen something, get a story, and then move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, for those of the uh, those of everyone that don't listen of Crit Nation that haven't heard your show yet or are about to become fans, um, can you tell us about One Shot Onslaught and, and really how, how it became to be? I actually really, really like the story of how One Shot Onslaught came to be. And it's because... Um, we mentioned that our when we started playing D anD D, it was it was us three and and the wives, and that's how it started. But we have a third older brother. Uh, but that third old older brother, at the time of us starting the show, he didn't he doesn't really like board games um, or anything. Board, like he doesn't that. like board games or anything like that. So we didn't even think to invite him uh, to our to our game because uh, honestly, we we thought he would hate it, and we thought that maybe. He would feel bad and be like, "Okay, I'll I'll come join," and we'd be you know pressuring him to join us when you know we really thought he had no interest at all. Well, um, Dustin works with him, <laughs> and we're real a really close tight knit family. So while we were um, you know Dustin would talk to him about it, he would he really liked the idea of Dungeons and Dragons and thought that he'd uh, really enjoy it. So I was like, okay, how about once every like two weeks, once a month, I run a one shot for um, uh, Dustin, Sean, and Johnny. And uh, that's kind of how Sean can get his fill of it. And we started it like that, and we weren't recording it or anything. And uh, we were just doing it for fun to introduce Sean to one shot on or to Dungeons and Dragons. And um, after about four or five, uh, I, I tied them together with the Adventurers Guild, just like I do for the show. And um, they eventually, uh, we, we decided, hey, we should probably record these for something and just put them out there for anybody who wants to listen. We'll let them listen. And uh, we did, really didn't think anybody would listen to it, but we were we were having so much fun and we were laughing so hard while we were playing these one shots that we we couldn't not do it since we were playing anyway. Mm-hmm. I think right. we pretty much just had my GoPro and then that was it, right? We didn't even have yeah. mics. We literally used the GoPro for the audio. Toss- wow, terrible! And it, it's those are gone. <laughs> those yeah, are gone. Go, GoPro's <laughs> not known for their audio. We we eventually um uh could uh so yeah so can i jump ahead to the uh through the process of development and what challenges absolutely that was the part of the next part of the next question is can you walk us through that all right uh so what we ended up doing was um we started putting these out with just like like they mentioned just the gopro filming us and obviously the audio was was terrible so one of the biggest challenges we had is uh none of us are audio guys at all i hear that none none of us knew how to make this sound good so i think on amazon amazon probably hates us because uh we didn't send back all the mics but uh so a a couple of them we did send back to amazon so we got uh, a blue yeti and we tried setting it to the omnidirectional i think it is and just sitting in the table those are expensive mics um, well, Amazon, Amazon was kind with us for that. Uh, <laughs> we, we part, uh, but then we all got, um, 
uh, lavalier mics, lavalier mics, but they were omnidirectional, which, like That's I said, were same. all stupid, <laughs> and they were just picking up everybody. Uh, and we made like little stains, and we used that for a little bit. Um, even for the podcast, I think we took them all off now. Now the podcast all has just these mics. Okay, but, I'm um, not gonna lie, I kind of like pause and like, why the heck would anybody wear an omnidirectional lavalier mic? I because they were cheaper yeah. than like the real expensive, yeah. and, we didn't know, and we didn't know what like omnidirectional. We had no idea what even like omnidirectional was. Yeah, right. we, that, that was our biggest challenge: is finding, yeah, finding our groove in the audio equipment. So, um, and for the re- found- and for the record, full disclosure, I do work for a news station as a photographer, so I actually care about that stuff. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, See, we we needed you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> he did but, for um, advice, actually. <laughs> so yeah, we we've got a couple of one shots that we recorded while we were using these um, terrible uh, mic setups, and we ended up scrapping them for the podcast. Uh, I think a few of them are still up on our YouTube channel. Um, but so that was kind of our biggest challenges, and then we eventually, um, from researching a little bit more uh because we used to record around the same table until somebody moved to california so somebody moved to california and we started recording uh remotely so we needed these real um you know single directional mics to to get that um, if you don't mind me asking me what kind of uh mics are you rocking now these are <laughs> audio technica ATR twenty one hundreds. Okay, that sounds more yeah. expensive than ours. Uh, they were <laughs> they're like a seventy each, I think. And oh, I'm okay. I'm currently looking at a couple um upgrades that I w- I want to get on, but our our Patreon we're waiting to get a little bump up on that before we do that. All right, very cool. Um, well, that basically covers the challenges and the, the how you overcome them. Uh, Sorry, guys. Uh, definitely. Um, is is there any other ones that jump out to the rest of you guys? I mean, I don't have to move on yet. Um, no, because that sounds like a hell of a problem. <laughs> we're, we're trying to record people. We can't fucking figure out how this shit works. I, yeah, I, I, honestly, I, other than that, like we fucking get a, we we get together we play dungeons and dragons and we have a blast like uh yeah. we really didn't have any challenges except for how do we make this sound decent better right we and we thought it was sounding good at first like we're man man this is a cool video no no <laughs> he's like fuck no <laughs> yeah I, I didn't I watch watched, uh i didn't know what omnidirectional meant until i watched uh ready player 1 <laughs> <laughs> that, i've never seen that yet it's all fun. right. It's a good movie. It's fun. It's all right. Um, so moving on, um, like I mentioned before, there are many uh actual play podcasts out there. Um, most common one that everyone knows about is like uh Critical Role. That's probably yeah. the, the big one. And bless them for bringing more people to the to the the game. If you listen to Critical Role and you haven't really started getting into the game yet, every table is different. Don't expect your yeah. DM to be mm-hmm. Matt Bursar. Um, he's got his own style. You've got your own style. And Matt Mercer says this himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they call it the Matt Mercer Mer- effect. Yeah. But uh, I do think that that show is great and they've done a lot for us. The problem with some of those shows is they're so long running. They're difficult to get into. Yep. The yeah. one thing that I really liked about your show um, is that it is different. Do you want to tell us what really makes yours stand out among the crowd? What we really were going for is uh, when we, like I mentioned, when we started this, it wasn't 
an idea of a podcast or anything. It was playing one shots so that my oldest brother could also mm-hmm. play with us. And then from there, I was I was thinking I actually started the only reason I even got into Dungeons and Dragons is because I listened to podcasts. Um, before that, uh, Dustin actually got the starter edition for Christmas one year. We opened it up. There was just like sheets of paper in a book. We're like, how, how the hell do you play this? <laughs> and uh, so we, we shelved it for four or five months until I finally found Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I started with uh, Drunks and Dragons, and then I listened to the Adventurers Guild. And the only reason I got into the Adventure, or not the Adventures, that's, yeah. that's our thing. Adventure Zone. Uh, the Adventure Zone. And the only reason I got into the Adventure Zone is because I was looking for podcasts that run the starter set. If you've listened to the Adventure Zone, they start with yeah episode one <laughs> this yeah. episode one is that's it. the starter set and that's actually how i found them i was trying to listen to some i was trying to find someone who played the starter set uh, so i could learn how to dungeon master the starter set and um and then i realized i was like i couldn't find any other podcast that played these short one-shot modules and uh so like like you mentioned, Critical Role. If you want to get into Critical Role and get caught up, you're looking at hundreds of hours of content. If you want to get caught up with the Adventure Zone, um, technically, Balance Arc is only uh, six nine episodes, so you know roughly seventy hours of content you got to listen to to get caught up. Um, but uh, I w- I wanted something that people could say this episode or this episode right here sounds interesting to me. I'm going to start on this episode. I'm not going to listen to a thing before this and I'll, I'll be able to jump right into it. And that's why uh, one shot onslaught was born. <laughs> so you can literally drop into any of our episodes that say part one in the title. Cause uh, generally every one of our one shots is uh, two to three parts. So uh, you don't want to jump in on part two because then they will be like midway through a mission, but uh, you can jump in on any part one and that's how it's different than, all the other current long running. The other thing that I like is that you use the same characters. You have this format set up. It kind of, honestly, it kind of reminds me of, uh, do you guys ever play, um, fable? (laughs) I play fable where you've got the, the, you've got this adventurers guild and the heroes go there, they get their, they get their quests and then they, they go out and, and you guys use, uh, so far in the ones that you're using the same characters. I don't know how many of those are the same characters, but, um, I think that that's really interesting. Um, and is there a reason why you chose to stick with, uh, the same characters? Um, well, we weren't going to originally, I don't think in the, the, uh, YouTube channel because I was a paladin at first and then I swapped, he's, he was saying, well, we'll just keep swapping characters, you know? And then, but I think it just ended up being, I think we got the character art for the <laughs> character art. And that was it. Yeah. That, that's what did it for me, man. As soon as I got the sketch for uh, Ted, I was I was like, "Fuck yes, I'm forever Ted." <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ted's character art is is pretty badass. Yeah. What um, about uh before before we go on to the next question? Uh, I just thought of something after I told you to do that. Um, I, bitch, motherfucker! <laughs> I've only listened to uh, uh, a few hours of your guys' show. I think I've listened to four arcs. Um, how do you do? You guys ever have you guys had that discussion about character death in your show? Um and I, is that something I know it's coming one day. <laughs> I mean, but we haven't discussed it. Because that's one thing I've noticed that doesn't generally happen is that in actual plays, characters are pretty much indestructible. 
um, and always come back and there's no risk there. I was wondering if that's something you guys chose ahead of time or is it just your players, uh, Adam, aren't aren't terrible and they don't just charge it well. <laughs> um, that's not entirely true, I guess. They do they, they do they do they play smart enough and clever yeah. enough that helps prevent that sort of thing. Um, I have had talks with. Um, I don't think I have had talk this talk with. Oh yeah, I, I've had this talk with both shows. Um, one shot onslaught and halfway to heroes, where I've said if if shit goes way south, I don't have any safety nets for their characters. Uh, so if something really like if if a character deck happens due to the way a module is written in one shot in one shot onslaught, we play modules that other people write. If I'm going by rule uh, the as the module's written and one of them dies, I've told them like, I mean you, I can you do. Die. yeah I mean you die. Um, and then halfway to here is a little bit newer, but I've even had the conversation with them. I've told them like. I really don't want you all to die. I mean, we've got a logo made. We've got character art and stuff for that show. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I, them, like, I don't want you to die. But I mean, if something, if, if you say, I'm going to go climb this 40 story building and jump off and it, and it kills you. I mean, and you guys are level three. Like, I mean, you die. I mean, you die. Your new character uh, art is I'm a splattering not, yeah, pile of a goo. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll pay for a new logo or character. Roll new character. But, <laughs> Uh, it's not come up yet. Uh, they have gotten close. I uh, think sh- both uh, both shows was Sean probably the closest to dying. Well, okay, well that's a spoiler <laughs> for an unreleased oh. Halfway to Heroes episode that comes out this Tuesday. Well, I can't stop the world from hearing that, but I can I can edit out of the episode if you want. <laughs> no, by, no, by the time it comes out, uh, the episode will be out. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but say yeah, it's, it's usually Sean that is uh, the weakest. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have a question for one of our listeners, and Tater asks, uh, do you allow followers to help shape the way the story goes? Us? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't have an actual play podcast, so I certainly don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, we actually have, um, uh, we've got a Discord, and we've got some Patreon members, and uh, we listen to uh, feedback, and... Um, they get to uh, give the guys items and uh, you know make up some NPCs and things. So uh, there's a degree of um, listenership that get to affect our show for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm actually a part of your Discord, and I think that uh, first of all, holy fuck, you have a lot of channels. Um, <laughs> I joined it, and I was like, Jesus, <laughs> I've got like four. <laughs> um, Dude, my phone constantly goes off at work because of Discord. Yeah, we try to keep everything at first, but now it's just out we of control. Very, we are very, very active in our Discord. I, yeah. I'm in that. Uh, I've got it set. All notifications go to my phone, so I, I probably got a couple that I've been ignoring <laughs> from the <this> stream. <laughs> We're fucking recording, people. Leave us alone for ten minutes. Um, <laughs> I, bet, I bet if a uh, Critical Role had a uh, Discord oh, and, they de- and they oh, deleted man. the notifications from their phone, it would be physically lighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what was your favorite part about creating One Shot Onslaught? For me, it was just straight playing Dungeons just and Dragons a- with these guys. 
sure. have an excuse for our wives. That, like, oh, man, <laughs> there it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've got to go play Dungeons and Dragons tonight with you know my my uh, four best friends. Uh, oh, Johnny dropped off. Johnny go? We left the dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like sorry. I mean. We're in a podcast now. We got to go play. I mean, Sorry. It's rough. It's I, a rough life. We got to play Dungeons and Dragons. That, that really? really is my favorite. Yeah, she does that. It's like, do you have to go credit card every night? Like, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> yeah, I was haranguing him recently because he's on the show and we play D&D bi-weekly and he like was never coming. I was like, you need more experience. Come play. And he's been doing such an awesome job showing up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank the wife, not me. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jesse. You're awesome. Yeah, that, yeah, that that's that's my <laughs> absolute favorite part of creating it. Uh, definitely not editing. Getting away from the yeah. that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's it, miserable. It is, it is definitely actually getting to play Dungeons Dragons with like my four best friends. Very cool. Sure. Um, now kind of leading off of the 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 what is your favorite one shot uh, that you've ran? Um, well, let's let's answer that first. What is what is your, your do you have a favorite one shot that you've ran on your show? Is anyone messaging? Yeah, John. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where'd he go? I'm I'm really sad because I really want to see his answer. I want really want to hear his answer to this. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He should have the link. The link should always. Oh, work. he said he said his computer restarted. <laughs> 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 Fucking Windows. Yeah, yeah. Right back. Windows uh, update. Yeah. So I guess instead of waiting for him, I'll go ahead. Uh, uh, Dustin, I'm not sure what your favorite is, but <laughs> I probably want to say my favorite is, uh, and it was recently retitled. I'll say the original title. Uh, it was called Shitbird Shit Fight. Um, <laughs> it was recently renamed Poop Bird Poop Fight. Um, and it was actually, I, I think she herself mentioned that she renamed it uh, based off of a, a, another podcast I was guessing on talking about running one shots for kids and uh yeah. it was obviously a curse-free podcast so we called it poop bird hoop fight and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she renamed it yeah and she, <laughs> that's funny yeah, and she mentioned in the in the twitter thread that <laughs> she said don't let them know i stole that from them um <laughs> but anyway it's um i actually ran this on a live show at a catacon in dayton ohio uh, with year. uh dustin sean johnny uh, Tracy from the Broadswords and Brian from You Meet in Tavern, and um, it—I uh, mean, for me to run it in a live show really shows how much I like that module. I mm-hmm. was super nervous to play Dungeons and Dragons in front of a group of people and have to do voices and things like that and be prepared. Um, and this module, when I found it, I—I I instantly fell in love. It was that perfect level of absurdness that it's just kind of off the wall goofy and uh it really fits in the in the niche of our show where we don't take ourselves too seriously uh we, we try to put on you know decent dungeons and dragons but this uh the premise of this module is uh, a bunch of birds attacking town and they have to go investigate what's up with these birds and <laughs> like an I mean, angry birds D D. yes yes <laughs> um so we are uh, really excited to go to ArcadeCon for the first time this upcoming November. Uh, will you guys be going again? Yes. Yes, we will be there again. I'm excited uh, to go. We will probably cool. do another live show again, even. Um, yeah, we got our... Uh, crack, but our live show didn't have a single seat left in it, which 
<laughs> it's mostly because it was the last day of a catacon and um we were telling everyone we were telling it. everybody throughout the whole throughout the whole convention and then when we got to the show it and not okay also we had uh brian from Immune tavern and tracy from the broadswords you know two really big actual play podcasts right and then uh, you know so their fans were coming and so uh but it ended up really fun. I, I was really sad that my audio on the actual podcast release of the episode uh, was a, was really hot because um, I I wanted to make sure the, the audio picked up and the mic wasn't this close to my face. So I turned it up too high. So it, it doesn't sound the greatest on right. the podcast, but at the same time, probably my favorite module I've ever ran. And that is by... Um, uh, she said I could call her Lucy. Uh, it's like Lucilia. Uh, but she said if you can't pronounce my name, you can call you can call me Lucy. So Lucy Scarlet. Um, and that is now Poop Bird Poop Fight. So definitely go buy that. It is, it, it is, is that on down. the DMs Guild? That is on DMs Guild. Uh, yes. When I when I get a chance, I will add that to the show notes for you guys. Um, our before we move on to Dustin here, New York Tater says I was there. I was the one in the real kilt. Um, and he's happy <laughs> oh, to bring these two. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I'm happy to bring these two great academies together. Uh, thank you, Tate. Um, Dustin, what about you? What is your favorite uh, uh, one shot you've ran? I think my favorite probably would be Night of the Rise. Hell I think yes. The um, I don't want to spoil. Can I do a little spoiler if you like? Oh man. Well, that depends. No, Jeff Stevens has actually been That's on the show and good. he's talked about that adventure There's Johnny. and i don't remember how much he gave away do you guys remember no that no. i'm not i'm not gonna say it, but it's it's, awesome. it's just it's just super different uh and it was it was a lot of fun yeah just yeah. jeff a lot of role playing too really i think stuff. right yep. yeah on that one mostly Johnny? yeah mostly we're role playing yeah. don't you love windows welcome okay. back johnny <laughs> yeah. when it was, was like your pc found a problem it must restart <laughs> no. no you click no don't restart right now i didn't have a choice man <laughs> windows is like fuck you windows yeah. loves you so so johnny i just said shit bird shit fight was my favorite module dustin said night of the rise um what's your favorite mo- uh one shot we bring mm. that's a good make one. notes man that's the a good one yeti. the one with the yeti yeah Oh man, that wasn't even on our um, was podcast. It that was on our Twitch stream, and it was called "Night of the Yeti," I think. With the abdominal. Oh no! Abdominal. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. That yeah. was called a black the abdominal snowman. A black midwinter. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> I mean, we need to plug it. What is it you liked about it? it? Oh, it was just fun. <laughs> it it was called In the Black Midwinter. It was our Christmas special on our podcast. Okay. Oh, uh, is that the one with Macaulay Culkin and it's uh, got it's got a whole it's got a whole home alone scene. Whatever. Got a home alone scene. It's a Christmas episode. It's got like all the main Christmas bad guys in it. It's a really good. It's probably my, it's probably one of my favorite episodes we have. And uh, I think Death ate Kevin McAllister. Okay. <laughs> okay. Spoiler alert. 
Um, well, it sounds like you guys just have an amazing time on your show. I know I enjoy it. Like I said, I've only listened to probably about four or five hours. I made it through two full uh, cycles. My one, my, the one I've started on was one that I've ran on our our Patreon stream. Was the um, Tasha the fruit uh, Tasha's 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 in is one, and the first one I listened to was the Fruit of Evil. I picked both of those because I had run them, and I wanted yeah. to see. Okay, well, what 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 did they do different? Wow, fruit fruit of evil. You guys did that way different. Than <laughs> well, no. Hey, okay. So fruit of evil, that <laughs> happened when a freak snowstorm hit us, and we needed to record because we didn't have enough of a backlog of content, and it ended up being way too smushed together. Um, I I really don't like those episodes of our of our show. It, it, just because of the time restraints we were put in. So. Yeah. Don't, that happens. don't watch that one, man. But I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought you did a good job, especially how short it was. Oh but uh, it was it was very it was very interesting. Um, now, Tasha's. So. I did watch your guys' Tasha playthrough. Really? Well, before I ran through Tasha's. Yeah, I watched your guys' before I ran it. That's All awesome. Right. What did you think? I liked it. I liked it, and I got a lot of ideas from you guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what all I stole from you. <laughs> 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 yeah, because when I run those, um, I keep the I keep the uh, the heart of the adventures, but I do change some stuff. Uh, mostly because I have a certain way I like to run things, and it doesn't always mesh with the style. That's why I love uh, Jeff Stevens' uh, content oh, um, because it's he so he leaves it so um, free for you. Like he he's like, yeah, you can do this shit, but really, you could ignore this and just do this, or you can grab this from here, you know, and he, he writes so good and I, I love it. And that was one of my favorite modules I've ran so far. And it's fantastic. And you never know when the player will decide to, to dive into a gray ooze on purpose. Yeah. And actually <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the haunt, which yes, was that, another awesome one. Part two. Part two. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> this is about them, not us. So yes. Let's move on. Um, but uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so um, obviously, a lot of work goes into to um, putting together an actual play podcast. Um, and we kind of touched a little bit on the DMs Guild, um, and I assume that'll come into part of this. But what is your guys' favorite resources to use when you're a DM or as a player? As a player, I I don't think I could live without D and D Beyond. Yeah. I am really starting to like that program. I really am. <laughs> um, oh, I love that. I got the, um, was it like 15 a month or no, something like it's that? It's not that much. Uh, no, I don't know. But I got like unlimited characters that I can make. And I just, I just like making a bunch of characters. I get a bunch of characters. <laughs> DD Beyond is, is great. Yeah. I was talking to one of our listeners like, yeah, I just made another character. I'm on 57. I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do with 57 <laughs> oh, goddamn shit. character sheets? I've got like 12 and I thought I had a lot. And I'm, I'll, I'll like, I'll like, for like Halfway to Heroes, all the NPCs, I'll make them a character on DD Beyond because A, it's fun and, B, and it's easy. But damn, 57. That's, That's a lot. Is that, is that someone I know? Yeah, it's Steven. Uh, the guy that was on his honeymoon just now watching our show. He goes, <laughs> he goes well, I was waiting. He, he, he's, he's, he had to wait. Oh, he ha- um he has to do something before he goes to bed with like his medicine or something. So he has to wait 10 minutes. He's like, yeah, last night while I was doing this, I, uh, I was uh, making another character. Let me tell you about it. I was like, that's another warlock. Yeah, I got a lot of those. I really like the warlock. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I'm like, damn, dude, that's a lot. I don't even think I've made 57 NPCs in all the time I've been DMing. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but um, very cool. <laughs> look at my character, my new character. 
Uh, that's that's nice. That's nice. So, the, oh, you're a 17th warlock. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> it's like Jesse with my cubes. I just keep throwing all my all my stuffs. Like, yeah, and and I I don't care. I, I just I just do not care. Uh, oh, apparently he. Uh, oh, apparently Lord Snow is that one of you guys? I think that, it's one of that's you. me. Lord uh, Snow. That's me. I'm on my oldest brother's account on this computer. Oh, this is oh. a computer he records on. Ah, okay. Um, um, so, uh, so, Adam, is there any uh, resource that uh, you like to use as a DM since you don't get I to mean, be a player? I mean, uh, <laughs> player, D&D Beyond, uh, absolutely. That's that's kind of my new go-to for the um, creating lots of PCs with the, I think it's called like Master Tier or something like that. It's only like five bucks a month, but then I can like share all my content that I buy with people in my campaigns. It's it's really handy. And then um, as a DM, definitely, I mean, DMs guild. I mean, you 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 nailed it. That's where I probably spend, I want to say like minimum ten minutes a day at least on DMs guild. Just for you know checking uh, new releases, mm-hmm. seeing what kind of uh, one shots are out there because I need to run at least. Um, I think I've run at least like three or four one shots a month, counting Twitch streams and podcasts. Holy shit! So, uh, so yeah, I need. Uh, so I buy a lot. Uh, hope my wife's not watching. I buy a lot. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, I get uh, you know some affiliate credits when people buy like through my links that I link the modules to. So most of the modules I get covered from from that uh, that affiliate account. But um, yeah, I do get a lot. <laughs> What the fuck was that? Oh, my phone. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that was not me. <laughs> do you, uh, um, have you guys, uh, released anything on the DMs Guild yet? Or any plans to? I've actually got two things, um, I'm semi working on. Uh, so the first arc of Half Hearted Heroes, I'm going to turn into a one shot and oh, awesome. change, a, change a little bit. Uh, so the first arc is them being in a, this dungeon to graduate from the academy, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just going to change that to like a town tournament that you cool. go into this dungeon, you got to collect the most chips of valor, and then at, at the end, the winner, you know, wins something a prize um, instead of them graduating college or graduating the academy. All so right. that's cool. I I'm want working. to. Uh, I like to think the academy. Well, I was gonna say I would like to run that as a rogue and just steal it from all the ho- people who actually did all the hard work. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't well, play many rogues, but Johnny I want to do did that. try uh, in one episode. So that you go into the dungeon by yourself as a group of of like. Is this a spoiler? No, you know, you go into a dungeon with a group of four, and then throughout the dungeon you have to find these chips and get out. And in uh, one episode, Johnny does say, "Can we steal from other people?" And I'm like, "Dude, you're like by yourself in this dungeon that you don't see, you don't." You're not running it in tandem with the other people. <laughs> so Johnny definitely tried that method of of stealing them. I just um, wait till they came out, bonk them on the head, take their shit. <laughs> but uh, I'm I sorry, know. I didn't mean to cut you off. But that was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, I'm just gonna wait outside. Y'all have fun. <laughs> but yeah, they. Uh, so I I did mention they have a, a start point with everybody there, and then an end point where it's like a waiting room where you have to wait for the other groups to finish. And but there's like moderators and shit in the ending room. <laughs> so. We also talked one point about all doing a one shot ourselves, like writing our own one shot. I'm not sure if we're still going to do that. I've been working on like a one shot myself. I'm pretty sure Adam's been working on one. 
but I have, yeah. um, I'm not sure if we're still doing that or not, but it'd be fun. Well, if you're ever looking for collaborators for anything, I'm always up for stuff like that. I do a one shot uh, now uh, every month for like a one page adventure for which not which is kind of similar to a one shot, um, but it's not like it's limited to a page. And I I I enjoy writing that stuff. That's really cool. So let me know when you guys release your stuff. I'm gonna definitely pick it up. All right, we'll do definitely. Um, say yeah. Even I've I've got a one shot lined up for ArcadeCon because we got the. uh, Gamer the badge, GM right? badge, yeah. yeah. GM badge. Run our show and then we'll run some adventures. It's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh, we're gonna have that. Okay, so side note, we're all, we all are gonna have to get together. Agreed. Like for fuck sure. yeah. Now Tate said I, he'll buy I, us all a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's <laughs> all that. Uh, can I do a catacon uh, story, or are we running short of time for oh, that? Um, I, I, you know what, dude? Fucking you, you do you, man. Let's hear it. All right. So it was the first night of a catacon. Uh, so it was not our live show night, but um, I had been drinking a little bit, and uh, <laughs> Dustin had a shop. So you might not know this: Dustin, aka Iron Claw, has a shop where he makes like um, tabletop accessories and stuff. That's so dope he as fuck. Had a vendor space in a catacon, so he could not leave that space. And we were both really hungry because we had watched the Broadswords live show. And then it was like 9 o'clock at night and we hadn't had dinner yet. So I was like, I'll run out and get us some pizza real quick because we couldn't find anyone that was delivering. I ended up running three and a half miles around Dayton, Ohio in mid-November. And it was like 30 degrees outside. Did you have shorts on? No, I had jeans, but I had a baseball tee and jeans. And I'm jogging. It takes me probably two hours to get back to Dustin with the pizza. And like the whole journey, my phone died, so I had no GPS. I was texting. I think you were. I was texting. Probably my phone was dead. I had no GPS. I had never been in downtown Dayton before. I finally get a pizza and get it back to the convention center. And all Dustin says is, "What took you so long?" Like he did not appreciate the pizza at all. And then. What? When we were looking to come back to the hotel room, we met. We found um, a bat from Detentions and Dragons, that other podcast I was mentioning, where they we talked about poop or poop fight, and uh, I showed him the pizza and mentioned why I missed one of his shows he did, and uh, he just tapped on the pizza box, and it, it says right on top of the box, uh, <laughs> "We deliver." it was a it was a fun night that's for sure got a lot of why is this pizza cold Uh, (laughs) yeah but that's Um, my that's my catacomb one (laughs) we delivered that's great oh man that's hilarious (laughs) i I do have to ask was the pizza cold I'll be like, go back and give me another no, one. No, because so. it was not cold. Because when I found the place, it was fucking three blocks away from the convention center. <laughs> <laughs> I went in a big square to get to it. And then when I got out, I asked him, how can I get to the convention center the fastest? And he's like, oh, it's just two blocks. It's right there. <laughs> you run a straight line so down two blocks. You wandered aimlessly in a city until you found a pizza place. <laughs> I was asking people on the street, and they they would like point, and they pointed to a place, and I got there, and it was closed. And then it was, <laughs> oh, man, it was a night. Was We're going to buy some fucking pizza. Phone <laughs> <laughs> die, man. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> All right. For anyone out there who's looking to start their own actual play podcast, what advice would you give them? Uh, 
not buying an omnidirectional <laughs> microphone. Yeah, 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 do, yeah. Some, do some research research on some good audio products. <laughs> yeah, if we would have uh, started with uh, better quality mics, that would have been a plus. Um, and don't like, record with a GoPro because GoPros <laughs> turn off randomly by themselves. Oh my god, we lost so much content. Oh, oh no. no, no, no. Yeah, for sure. Um, don't rush it. Uh, one shot onslaught. We rushed it, but it was because we didn't really, we did not think anybody would listen to it. <laughs> so we did not care about the quality of content we put out because we were just like mostly putting it out just just for ourselves. And then when people started listening, we were like, oh shit, we really need to like actually get this <laughs> higher quality so like people can enjoy it more. Um, so I would say the best piece of advice I could offer is don't rush it. Get good quality gear first. Split your tracks. Don't have it all on, on yeah. one, uh, on one uh, microphone. I need to figure you- that shit out because ours is on, two, uh, is on one track and I cannot fucking figure it out. So I'm going to be sending you some goddamn emails soon. Oh, damn. <laughs> you all have your own mics. We do, but for some reason my computer says, fuck what you want. It's all one track. <laughs> And I can't figure out why. So I agree 100% with what he's saying. Yeah, because we, we started with shit, shit stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those first yeah. episodes are horrible. We have... Welcome to Credit Academy. We learned about how we heard it. Like, what the fuck are we listening to? Another big thing is, man, you got to have fun with the people you're doing it with. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. chemistry is important. Yeah, and me and Brendan yeah. weren't uh, originally... Uh, on the show went for start out too, so yeah, my good host left, so I had to deal with seconds. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Like, me, me, and Dustin, we're only a month apart in age, and we've been fucking best friends since day one. Oh, that's so we awesome. play a lot off of each other. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with uh, Sean and Justin; they've been friends forever. They play off of each other a lot, and uh, there's times that all four of us play off of each other. But it's it's good to have people you actually like to fucking play with. Other than that, it's, it's going to be stupid. Ruin shit. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, yeah. I think uh, if you're doing an actual play, uh, yeah, John, I think you nailed it. That would be my second piece of advice is to, I can listen to an actual play. And if it sounds like the fucking players aren't having fun, I immediately, like, it, I, I don't know, my skin starts to crawl and I immediately turn it off. I'm like, <laughs> I can't listen to that anymore. If, uh, if the players aren't having fun, the, the listeners aren't going to be having fun. And, right. Uh, all, yeah. all four of us in both of our shows, like, uh, I know I myself, I look forward to those nights that we get to record and play Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, I, I can't wait for them. And so while we're playing, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm always having the time in my life when whenever. And, and a good DM. So you got to have a, a good DM that, I know, I know there's DMs out there that are like super uptight and like absolutely not. You can't do that. I'm sure Adam wanted to quit a few times. Because, <laughs> because of Ted. Everyone going to listen to Pudding Fair real quick? <laughs> I'm just not a DM like that once. I, once. But, uh, Are you talking about that one that uh, Frankie move? I, I don't know. The, the one that said he couldn't do something and then like the one fucked his face with a spear later. Um, no, that was... Uh, <laughs> oh, that uh, was... Back, uh, back at the store. Yeah, yeah. back at the store, man. I was playing a, uh, a lawful good sorcerer and we got ambushed by orcs. I put them to sleep and then I wanted to kill them. And he's like, no, you wouldn't do that. You're lawful good. I was like, I'm fucking lawful. These bastards tried to stab me. 
There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. And he went, so I tied him up. So later we get to the end and motherfucking, we're about, we're barely beating this boss. And those motherfuckers, javelins from behind, reared me in the ass, knocked my character dead. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, those are the ones you tied up. I'm like, motherfucker, that's your fault. <laughs> you are not happy. I was so pissed off. I was, I was already annoyed that I couldn't kill him because he said my lawful good character wouldn't even know they tried to kill me first. But I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But the fact he brought him in to kill me later pissed me off even more. Yeah. Actually, that same DM, we were writing Crystal Stroud. There was one point we were fighting a witch with a hostage. I'm like, I cast lightning bolt. What does a hostage in that right there? You act like my character cares. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, she, we'll let the deities yep. decide. Yeah. Uh, for the record, I may not have advertised it, but my, that kid was totally lawful evil. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so that's really good. You First of all, your guys' show is awesome. You guys are hilarious, and those that are listening are definitely um, in agreement. You guys got a lot of great stories. I definitely think that uh, One Shot Onslaught has uh, so much more potential. I think you guys are going to continue to just to blow it up, so keep up the fantastic work. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, maybe if I, uh, you guys don't run playtest material, do you? Uh, we've had a couple offers for, and it, it really depends on, um, I, I have a couple people like that will message me and ask me, Hey, would you mind running this? But really, I don't, uh, I, I really do just kind of browse DMs Guild Mm -hmm. and I have to find a module that a fits their um either level. Fit, fits their level or one that i can easily scale to their level mm-hmm. i got uh, you what i want you to look at <laughs> <laughs> like the shark one the shark one was actually only supposed to be like a level five module and i scaled it up and i must have done a good enough job because uh spoiler alert somebody goes unconscious in this one <laughs> yeah um I think I just edited it mm. today <laughs> but i think somebody does they can't um, remember <laughs> but um but yeah, other than that, like uh, pe- people, you know, will kind of uh, ask, "Hey, will you run this?" But it really has to a fit the level, and then b fit within at least a three-hour window, um, and uh, that way, you know, like some people will send me like six to eight-hour one-shots, and I'm reading it like, "There's no way we could do this in in one night." Because uh, I don't want to take up a whole month of our podcast feed, so right, right. Uh, so it's got a there's there's a couple of criteria I have to look at, and then and then see. <laughs> I mean, I have to like it. I'm I, I'm really <laughs> not going to run a one shot that I don't like. So any one shot that is on our feed, I endorse 100. I have read through it and I have thought, yes, this will be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I think that'll do it for the main topic. Um, I do want to ask you, um, obviously, with uh, um, your guys' um, actual play and, and, and your, your whole expansion that you've got going on with Halfway Heroes, um, is there any uh, upcoming projects or anything that you can give listeners a taste of? I, I wrote, when I wrote this, I, I didn't know that Halfway Heroes was a thing, so I don't know if you want to touch a little bit more on what, what sets that apart from um one shot onslaught maybe or is there something else you'd like to touch on it's probably mostly just the halfway to heroes right uh i can think of two things i can think of uh obviously halfway to heroes and halfway (laughs) to heroes is much different than one shot onslaught in that uh a is my first ever homebrew experience Ah. i've never run homebrew before i've ran published modules and then the one shots um 
Uh, B, uh, what sets it apart is that uh, it's... More narrative. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't want to say it's more serious than One Shot on Socks. It's, <laughs> it's, it's still like... Uh, you can li- you can literally I- I'll tell everybody watching right now, you can watch the first ten minutes or listen to the first ten minutes of Halfway to Heroes, and if you don't like like the sense of humor of it, uh, it's fine, uh, but you will be able to judge for yourself right then if you're gonna like the show or not, because uh, it starts off with the the four members describing their dorm rooms because they're about to graduate, and it's I mean it's goofy it's got clyde uh aka johnny he's got bud light clint cans everywhere which obviously there's no bud light cans in Faerun, but he says it so it's real and he's got deer heads <laughs> mounted everywhere he's like a hillbilly uh goliath guy and then yeah we've got a warforged guy that literally just sits in the corner with a phone charger plugged in to a mysterious place that i mean it's it's uh, you can literally listen to two minutes of the show and you can tell right then Yes, I'm 100% into this show. This is for me, or you know what? I don't. I don't really like this sense of humor, and that's fine. But I, I really like that that show. You can tell that fast if you like it or not. Um, that's awesome. But but yeah, that's that's why it's 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 so different than uh, One Shot Onslaught because it's actually a, a narrative, long running homebrew campaign like other uh, actual play podcasts, right, but right. with the three brothers, cousin, and a best friend. Yeah, nice. Definitely. Oh. Uh, go ahead. Oh, the uh, and then the other, we have a secret pro- project coming up um, that we haven't announced anywhere yet. Uh, but we are doing a, since we do these one-shot um, modules, we have an actual kind of one-shot collaboration that is going to be uh, me deeming a one-shot for... All of the guests are going to be from different actual play podcasts all coming together nice. to do this one shot. That adventure. is awesome. And I don't want to, uh, like I mentioned, I haven't announced this anywhere, haven't announced, um, you know, uh, the guest or anything, but it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a really good one. I really can't wait for this to come out. That sounds awesome. Definitely make sure you tag us in it when it comes out or let us know so we can blow it up on Twitter. And let Facebook. everybody know that they heard it here first. We haven't even like told our Discord or anything about this. Oh, oh, oh. Well, if those bastards would have came and listened, they would have heard about it now, <laughs> wouldn't they? <laughs> um, well, very. That's very cool. Um, so before we uh, move on, the last thing is, uh, would you like to give yourself one last plug? Where can Crit Nation find you? Um, and all that jazz. Uh, yeah, you can find us on all social media at One Shot Onslaught. Uh, it's all spelled out except for Twitter. Twitter's just the number one shot on slot. Uh, or at Halfway to Heroes on all social media. Um, our Discord, where we mentioned before, we are super active on. Uh, I'm in there. I mean, I'm sitting, unless I'm sleeping, I will respond <laughs> to messages. What's that noise? Uh, uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not quite that much. But um, that is bit.ly slash Halfway to Discord. Or bit.ly slash one shot discord, whatever is easier for you to remember. Yeah. Um, if you post yeah, that in the and then chat there, twi- I'll put it in the notes. Yeah. And then uh, twitch.tv slash one shot onslaught. Uh, we do monthly uh, one shots with our patrons. 
Very cool. That's we do we do something similar, but it's probably not nearly as yeah. awesome as yours. No, I, yeah, that's where I saw your uh, your Tasha. That was with patrons. Yes, correct. Yep. Yeah, my patron pals are awesome. Definitely follow them on Twitch. And while you're doing that, head on over to Twitch.tv/CritAcademy and follow us too. There's so much good stuff in there, and one of the biggest things that I love about it is you guys run DMs Guild creator made content, and that is mm-hmm. awesome because some of those people, in my opinion, write. As good or better than yeah. some of the Watsy content. Oh yeah, um, it's it's insane, and that's like we really try to blast everybody that uh, not only that we run, even if we haven't run an author before. Uh, we, if you look at our Twitter page, we have I think we follow like four hundred people, and I I bet you three hundred of those people are DMs Go creators, because I want to make sure that if anybody posts about. Uh, a module they just made or a subclass uh, like the like the brawler that they just made i want to make sure that we at least retweet it if not like actually uh blast it a fair bit more than that for sure for sure and and that's awesome i love that that's one of the things that i love about your show is you're supporting those those creators so that's awesome um actually uh one of our listeners in our feed here is New York Tater, who's one of our patrons. He's always talking a lot of shit about us. He is stupid drunk right now. Um, yes, yeah, he is. He's tore up. Uh, I just want to wish him a happy birthday. Him and his uh, wizard, wizardly beard that goes down to his dong. Um, he just looks awesome, and I hope that he's having a wonderful happy birthday all by himself in the bar. That really sounds wrong when you say it out loud. Wait, is it this guy that's on his honeymoon right now? Uh, no, that's that's another guy. No, it's New okay, York, okay. Uh, New York Tater. Um, uh, the other one was Dragon, I think something or okay, Dragonborn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, he's uh, he's he's always watching us. He's always talking a lot of shit. Yep. Um, sometimes I mute him and just watch his beard flap until it stops moving, and then I unmute him. It's it's glorious. But happy birthday from uh, the Crit Academy, uh, New York Tater. Happy, happy birthday, awesome. Tater. Happy birthday. Um, happy birthday. There you go. Now you can send the check. <laughs> all right it's only 50 bucks <laughs> and about three it's more than that <laughs> um so uh before we move on to our honor tips and tricks we have another gift to give away Ooh. compliments of lore smith each episode we will draw another lucky subscriber's name and they will win the best-selling adventure the claws of madness compliments of lore smith Lawsmith is a small indie team of creative artists who remember exploring the realms together with friends, finding incredible places, and meeting colorful characters along the way. They set out to deliver an experience that sparks those lasting impressions that pushed them to create their first standalone adventure, The Claws of Madness. This best-selling adventure is one that you don't want to miss. He's lip lipping that whole thing. It's like, look what he's doing. It's like, what are you talking about? I didn't know what it took me a minute to know what you were pointing at. I was like, I see an empty chair. Uh, oh, no, he had a good pee. Adam, who is our winner today? Congratulations, YouTube subscriber Crow Odom. No Yay. relation to Lamar Odom, I don't think. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, congratulations crow odom uh if you enjoy the adventure please leave lore smith a review tell him what you like about the product um 
<laughs> and now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. Like, if I was a wrestler, this would be my fucking opening music right there. <laughs> um, so our character concept today actually comes from you, right, Adam? Do you want to tell us a little bit about the stagehand? Oh, damn, I haven't read this far in the show notes. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I sent it to you three, two, three days ago. <laughs> I, think I, I read the interview questions. I did. <laughs> and I glanced. Okay, yes. So uh, this actually comes, I don't know if our uh, patron slash Discord member, Gerundu, is uh, watching right now because it is at like two in the morning his time right now over <laughs> in um, uh, the EU. Uh this is an artificer um, that is actually like a stagehand to another member of the party. Uh, in our case, he is a, um, a musician. So this artificer that I'm going to be playing is his stagehand. So like I create the gadgets that kind of do deal with his lighting and his like uh, fog smoke effects and things like that. Um, so uh, I, I haven't nailed down what race I want to be quite yet. I'm kind of leaning towards gnomes, uh, not only because it's stats make sense for an artificer, but I also think it's kind of funny to picture a gnome like working like a spotlight and things. <laughs> I like it. Um, I think it's hilarious because you. I feel like you could do a lot with this, reflavoring existing me like mechanics to really fit that theme. Like you mentioned, like uh, since he's a stagehand, you're trying to make this person better. So maybe you bust out a little machine that spews out, you know, fog, and it's basically the fog spell. But it looks it's yes. it's reflavored as a little fog machine. Um, yeah, awesome. Or maybe uh, you mentioned the spotlight having uh, taking the help can or the help action and just d defining it as you putting a spotlight in an enemy's face <laughs> for a second and blinding them so an ally can get a good shot in you know yes um i really i really like the the flavor that comes with this i think it's simple i think anybody can do it um and anytime a, a concept is based around helping other people that's always cool the fact that you work for another person i think would be interesting role play um maybe instead of describing how you break the loot you know the other player gets more of the loot and then describes having to pay it out to you for all the support <laughs> yeah um exactly i didn't even think of that <laughs> i think it's really cool it's a lot of fun um and it would i think it would be really interesting because we always talk about all the cool things that you do when you enter a tavern and you do your show but i don't think everybody says yeah i'm gonna set up my fucking fog machine make it fucking fill out in here gonna get some you know lighting effects and i just that sounds so much like so much fun <laughs> He's like, are you ready yet, Billy? No. Well, hurry up. What do I pay you for? <laughs> you don't pay yeah. me at all. <laughs> this it... character is kind of spawned from um, one of our other patrons and Discord members uh, volunteered to run a high-level one-shot for us uh, on Twitch. And uh, I'm kind of in love with the Artificer class right now. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll make a, an Artificer. And one of our other patrons slash Discord members said um, they wanted to be a bard that um, his name's going to be, it's like Tom Jones or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he's gonna be, <laughs> and he's going to be singing Tom Jones songs all night. Uh, he, the, the guy's hysterical. And then he's the one that mentioned, was like, why don't you like RP like my stagehand? So it's kind of, it was kind of <laughs> bored from, from him, not quite me. 
I obviously want to be the artificer, but he kind of came up with the the dynamic duo part of it. Uh, and, and then we just ran with it. So I haven't got to play this character yet, but I will be playing it in probably a week or two when um, when we actually stream this this patron stream. What the fuck mm-hmm. is on your head, dude? So Ironclaw here is sporting uh, the, the, the collection from Lord Sean Snow, his chicken hat. Lord Snow's hey, hat. Wait, <laughs> okay, yeah, like so wait a second. Um, is it a hat? It looks like a what? chicken trying to shit out a giant egg and it's your head instead of an egg. <laughs> 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 If you've seen the One Shot Onslaught logo, you will have seen the Lord Sean Snow character art, and he's got a chicken on his head. And we explained this in the episode. Uh, we've got four one-on-one episodes, one with each of the characters, uh, mm-hmm. one with Dustin, one with Johnny, one with uh, Justin, <laughs> one with Sean. And um, it's me DMing a one-on-one with them, and it's a prequel episode. So they're really good starting places for our show. If you haven't listened to any other thing, I suggest starting with those with uh, Lord Sean Snow, Run Turtles Run. And um, <laughs> so the way the whole Sean Snow with the chicken on his head started is because when we started this around the table, we always dressed up as our characters. One day when Sean came, he went to a costume shop and he found a chicken. And he just came. And from then on in the YouTube channel, he had a chicken on his head. So when he did his character art, he put a chicken on the guy's head. He, he and, looks like a crazy uh, hobo. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so he's a human that is 140 years old. Uh, and uh, we wrap all that up in Lord Sean Snow, Run Turtles Run, our episode. I highly suggest that being your first episode you ever listened to of our show. It's it's a good one. I'm really proud of that episode. I, I mean, really am. It actually it makes funny. me think of uh, Rimmer Supreme. <laughs> Well, it was behind guy. me, so I just tossed it on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, that'll do it for our character concept, the stagehand. <laughs> Thanks for all the extra editing, assholes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, go to our encounter of the podcast, the Mirror Crystal Chamber. The Mirror Crystal is a magical mirror-like surface that causes strange twists and turns in space. A creature standing on a Mirror Crystal can look down and see all of the Mirror Crystals and their exits within 100 feet. Creatures can make ranged attacks through the Mirror Crystals, targeting any creature on an adjacent, uh, any creature that is adjacent to a Mirror Crystal. Um... So I am reading a lot of 4E stuff because I'm doing the skill challenge stuff. And this is one of the hazards that has made it into uh, the supplement. And basically, it's a magic mirror that you can shoot into and shit comes out the other side like a, like a portal. I, I tried to envision it from like a, uh, a, uh, a DM perspective and how I, why I would run something like this. And then it occurred to me, I would love to have high level players, level 8, level 9, fighting a level 1 monster whose only advantage is that he can shoot from anywhere. And all they got to do is get to the motherfucker and whack his ass once, but they can't <laughs> because he can shoot from any location in the entire uh, building or room or uh, whatever sort of... Um, trap that house that i set um and this thing really sounded just fucking awesome to me and yeah, i wanted to hear what awesome. you guys what you guys think about something like this and maybe how you would include it in your in a game you would run or if you would or wouldn't why not that does so, sound pretty cool so it says he's standing on a mirror mm-hmm. 
It basically Would turns you... it on is the way I understand it. This is, that's basically all the text I got out of the fourth ebook. So <laughs> I envision he's standing on it and it connects him directly to the rest. And then he just shoots down into it and it comes out whatever one he can see or which one he chooses. At least that's how I envisioned it. Yeah, so so my question would be, what if a player stood on a receiving mirror? Could they then shoot back at the level one guy? Or it no? didn't really say that, but um, the way it, the way this sounds, maybe. Um, I hadn't considered that, but that sounds fucking awesome because it says a creature standing on a mirror. So maybe he know maybe that takes him a while to figure that out, and that's the trick to actually beating him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the players are just like getting bombarded by this level one goblin with a shitty ass short, short bow. <laughs> and then, uh, eventually, they realize like, oh shit, I can just shoot through. I, I can just throw my hammer at this guy and just <laughs> knock him out in one. <laughs> I guess uh, the way I envision it is because the um, the goblin, or I don't remember if I put goblin or cobalt, one that has the disengage action as a bonus, who can move constantly and is never on mm. the same one, and maybe can manipulate it yeah um that's kind of what i was envisioning like i said i'm going off like a 4e template and i'm trying to to work it but it sounds awesome shooting through a portal and they can't fucking hit him and it's a weak ass monster at that so it's not something that's super strong so it had to find another way to whip your ass (laughs) i could definitely see that especially like if the the mirrors were like um instead of being like down low where the players can reach it if they were like up on like the roof of a cave or something So, I like, like the goblin could step on his activation, say it's in, like, a, a room or two away, mm-hmm. and he steps on it, and he can look through these mirrors that are looking down on the players, and he can sit there and shoot arrows, but they've got no way of getting, you know, up to the mirror yet. Ooh, I like that. That's awesome. Roll playing as the uh, heckler from uh, Happy Gilmore. Oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> you suck, you jackass! Here's an arrow! <laughs> because that's the beauty of the 5e system, is low-level monsters can still hit high-level characters. Or at the very least, make them consume all their resources in the process. Yeah. Because you know that if you shoot a fucking wizard with an arrow, he's going to at least waste one shield trying to block that shit. So I really thought that this would be a really fun idea. Hmm. I just had a thought that what if somebody took one of his mirrors, broke them, and then that was gonna be my question, and then made a necklace out of that to make an assassination attempt on somebody. <gasps> that sounds fucking awesome. Like, uh, oh, like he g- gives it to a uh, the 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 target's wife or something like that, and when she's talking <gasps> to him, he shoots through the necklace and plows him right in the face, and you're like, oh, fuck yeah, that is awesome. And I didn't Had think fun about that. Rune CSI. <laughs> I, that shit. I don't know that any player would think of that though. <laughs> Like I can harness well, this. Well, that as could a be weapon. like a like a a murder mystery plot Ooh. of a one shot. But now <laughs> none of the listeners here will be fooled by it. Yeah. But <laughs> do a Law and Order thing. Dun, dun. Yeah, I can guarantee not one of us would say like, "Oh, they had a magic mirror necklace," and that's how her husband got shot in the face. Yeah, yeah. man, that yeah, would be so, so awesome. Yeah, they they find a body that's just sleeping pe- peacefully yeah. in the bed. He's wearing a mirror necklace, and he's got an arrow straight from the bottom of his oh. chin up through his skull. And to make matters worse, yeah. the assassin can take that mirror that he shot through and just turn it into dust so that you yeah. can't find its way back yeah that's cool so how does this guy die well it's seen that somebody opened up a portal fired the snuggrate from the other end and closed it see that sounds like that you're right that's a good murder mystery type thing i like that because she could just wake up and he's dead with an arrow in him that look if the, if they're spooning it should have went through her you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't hear anything it's just i woke up he just 
had a big old air in his <laughs> head. Or just even put it in a ring and say, here, here you go, or put something in their pocket so you can hear their conversations from other places. Well, it doesn't say anything about that, but I would assume maybe sound passes through. I don't know. I don't know. It's very vague. In the f- There's reasons why people didn't like 4E. I'm still working <laughs> on the mechanics. Give me a break. But the idea sounded awesome. So uh, that'll do it for our encounter, the Mirror Crystal Chamber. For our monster variant. Uh, were you going to read that, Dustin? What? <laughs> <laughs> The monster, the tangler, man. tangler beetle. Didn't you? Weren't you reading that? No. <clears throat> Was I reading that? I don't. You know what? I got it. It's okay. all good. I got it. It's fine. I so, don't know what happened. You're like, yeah, go on. I'm gonna read this, and then <laughs> sidetracked by. <laughs> That's okay. Just oh, like yeah, all my players. By, we got That's distracted right. by murder. Mirrors. I can read it. I don't mind. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I read it in my head. I meant. <laughs> Jesus, I think I read are... the wrong thing. Uh, you guys are hilarious. Well, y'all can do it, Let's Johnny. Do, do you want to try it? Sure. <laughs> That's right. a long one. Tangler beetle. Origin, giant poisonous snake. Uh, new features, extend blind sight to 30 feet. Spider climb. Love spider climb. Entangling spittle. Recharges on a 4 to 6 ranged weapon attack. Plus 6 to hit, range 30 or 60 feet. One creature hit, the target and any adjacent creatures are restrained by the thick spittle. As an act... <laughs> What exactly is spittle? Spit, <laughs> spit, <laughs> saliva, beetle, spittle, big old Hey, honey. <laughs> <laughs> right. As an action, the restrained targets can make a DC 11 strength check. Pulling themselves free from the spittle on a success, the area becomes difficult terrain. Any creature who enters or leaves the area must succeed a DC 11 strength saving throw or stop moving. Spittle whip. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're like cum jizz to like the ground. <laughs> I, like, I like this spittle whip right here. What, what, what's a spittle whip, though? If it's whip spit, how do you whip a spit? Johnny's about to describe it to you. Yeah. Spittle whip, Johnny. It's, it's like a like. I would imagine if a spider was to spit, there'd be some web in it. So you can just whip the shit out of anything. I'd say yeah. <laughs> Well, no, they go out of their butt, man. The web's out of the butt. <laughs> it's, but it's not a spider. It's one of the beetle or one of the monster it's beetle. Yeah, it's beetle. It's beetle. It's a beetle, not a spider, man. Come it's on. A, it's a sexy beetle. But it's got a, like a yeah. thick, gooey, very viscous like um, saliva. <laughs> All right. Spittle whip. Range spell attack. Plus six to hit. Range 30 feet. One target. Hit. Nine. 2d6. Bludgeoning damage. And if the creature is large or smaller, it is pulled 10 feet toward the tangler beetle. The target is within Tangler Beetle's reach. It can use a bonus action to attempt to grapple. Attempt a grapple. The Tangler Beetle uses globs of entangling spittle to immobilize targets, biting any who are in range or pulling them to the beetle who prefer to fight from walls or ceilings. Yeah. I approve just because it's called spittle. <laughs> spittle. <laughs> what else should I have put? <laughs> Actually, I think that's the way it is in the, the monster manual. Um Spittle. <laughs> so I like this. Would you like to tell us what you like about it or what you would change or how you would use it? Because um there's so many spiders in Dungeons and Dragons. There's I don't think I as a DM, I don't have a whole lot of experience about a little over two years of experience. I don't think I've ever used a beetle in a fight. <laughs> and I would like to mix it up. Yeah. And this kind of gives spiders. Yeah, give it to the spiders and get to use a big old beetle. Uh, hey, I think beetles are fucking creepier than spiders. Oh, hell yeah, man. 
Bills are nasty, man. <laughs> Big old fucking pinchers on the front of them. <laughs> and then and they play a poop. They what? And don't don't beat them, man. <laughs> what? Now, that's my that next monster variant. That would be one variant I would add to this is nope. there's not enough scat material in here. <laughs> scat material. And, and then you've got an A-plus monster. It <laughs> searches, searches out the scat. <laughs> but but no, like uh, you could picture a spider webbing from its butt, and that's creepy enough. Picture a big old beetle spitting on you so thickly just smash that you're, you're grappled and pulled ground. to it. It's <laughs> gross. It's way grosser than being spider webbed. Right. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I agree with you. Um, one thing I noticed was missing was beetles, and that's something 4E had several variants of. Um, and this is one of the ones that I really, I really like. Our show may not be suitable for young children. You think? <laughs> or some adults. Did you guys make up this monster, or was this uh, monster so him? The the I, I do all the creations. The Tangler Beetle is a monster in 4E. Oh, uh, okay, but I had to take. I took the names of the abilities and then created them in 5E. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and, and I think the I think it scaled well. I think like this all makes sense for five. I've only ever looked at five E, mm-hmm. so um, yeah. I like all these. I think they like scale well. What what challenge rating would you think this is? Um, whatever the giant poisonous snake is, because as far as scaling, oh, yeah. damage damage in HP is all that determine pretty much the in AC are what determine a monster's difficulty, not features. So from the standpoint of the monster manual's construction it's whatever the giant poisonous snakes cr is but because of its utility and the different features it does depending on how the players fight it and how the dm runs it it could be weaker or stronger that's one thing that i try to do i try to keep those three things in balance with the monster variant by not changing damage or anything but i like to add unique features that really fuck with them (laughs) like spittle yeah you're gonna get spittle I like it. You guys might be seeing um, halfway to here. So it's be a, a giant spittle beetle coming up soon. Uh, <laughs> yep. Every episode has a monster variant, and you can find our show notes that have all the descriptions. I don't like put all the stat blocks in it, but no. uh, the, I just tell you what changes I make. So unless you're Dustin Johnny, then you can't find the show notes. <laughs> uh, all right, that'll do it for our monster variant, the Tangler Beetle, our magic item of the podcast. <clears throat> Our magic item is the breath born of dragons. An intricate carved diamond jewel on the end of a leather necklace takes the form of a dragon with an open maw. A raging tempest of chaotic colors dances within the jewel's center. It is a wondrous item and is uncommon. It requires attunement. While wearing this amulet, the power of your breath weapon's power is enhanced, increasing the die size of your breath weapon to a D8. The DC for your breath weapon also increases by one. What do you guys think about this? Crickets I must be terrible. Pre- I think it sounds pretty. I mean, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love those noises. <laughs> so do you know. do you have to be dragonborn? Uh, that would be the. I mean, I guess you don't have to if you've got like the magical breath weapon of features. Um, for the oh, spell, yeah. it, I would still say that would apply. Um, one thing we've discussed on the show many times is how weak the dragonborn's ability is. 
by comparison yeah. to others. So and past editions for that matter. Yeah, even comparing it to previous editions, you're right. Um, so I thought that I would make a magic item for DMs who agreed with that sentiment and could help boost it a little bit in its effectiveness. Um, the one thing I do think that some DMs forget is that it's not magical, which means it can be used in situations where magic isn't accessible, um, which does give it kind of a little bit more value than some would lead to believe but for the most part um i think this is a nice little um feature to give to a dragonborn player who feels that that feature isn't strong enough um so yeah i i mean i agree it's only by um it increases your breath weapon by one and the d or the die by was it a d6 to a d8 yes so i mean it it's not that big of a jump, so yeah, if you do feel like it's, you know, underpowered, this would be a good uh, alternative. Right. What do you think, Ian? I think it's awesome. I'm one of the people who's quite vocal about, man, the 5th edition racial ability sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a pretty simple one, not as complex as we usually have, so that'll do it for our magic item, the Breathborn of Dragons. Our dungeon master tip of the day is multiple characters. Most of the time, one player runs just one character in the D&D game. The game usually plays the best that way. Each player usually only has enough mental bandwidth to only keep track of just one dude. <laughs> but if you have a small group, you might want to have one or more players take on the role of two characters. You might have uh, one character who is like the men or employer of the other, so the other player has a good reason to focus mostly on one dude and not the other. And sometimes, there are some situations where multiple characters is just a good idea when you have games that have a extremely high rate of character death. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another character sheet. <laughs> Gamer rolled anybody? <laughs> and, yeah. Before I get into it, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Have you ever done this? There was a, a module we ran where we did a play and we had to do multiple characters as players. Mm -hmm. But uh, we never had to do, you know, like other PCs and stuff like that. Um, I think this is great, too, for practicing. If, if, For instance, if you're a DM who doesn't like to hand wave people away from your table and somebody doesn't show up, it could be beneficial being able to learn to run two characters simultaneously. Um, mm -hmm. The biggest re reason I like um, being able to run multiple characters is you can run more larger and more complex fights and more challenging fights with players who have multiple characters. Plus, uh, as Ian mentioned, if somebody dies, they still are running something. So it's le I feel less like a dickhead when somebody dies because of something, you know, <laughs> some encounter that they're running. So, Cleric, what do you think of the situation? You pay me to heal you, not talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I, I think that really comes with um, being able to run multiple characters as a dungeon master, you can play test some of your encounters or you can play test your material. One thing that I do for all the content that I release, in addition to giving it to other people to play test, I use the um, the the solo uh, solo adventurers toolkit. Um, to run multiple characters and test my characters in comparison to 
uh, others of the same archetype. So like when I did the War Chanter, I ran it right alongside another bard to see how they related to each other and kept them in balance. I also find that this is useful as a DM for building really complex encounters that I don't know if it's going to kill everybody. So it definitely has its advantages. Um, Also, if you get players that want more complexity and want to do it, it's something to consider giving them an option to do um, because it's always a lot of fun. Because everyone always never gets to play enough characters. So sometimes they want to, you can easily say, oh, I'll, I really run like running my wizard, but I've already wanted to try the barbarian too. Well, fuck, take another character sheet. I don't care. You just it, be careful of big groups though, because that can be too much. But if you got like one or two people, it's a nice way to give a nice round party. And nobody has to be the stupid heal bot, because you can have your awesome backstabby robe and play a cleric and fucking heal everyone if you want. Hide behind that p- pile of dead bards. <laughs> Somebody did, had a show like that, right? That's where it's from. Uh, where the guy died and you just kept pulling out another character sheet of the same character. <laughs> uh, yep. What do you think, Adam? I uh, I have only played in one like long-term campaign. Uh, it's bi-weekly. And I've actually wanted <laughs> my character to die a few times because <laughs> as a DM, <laughs> I've got so many character ideas in my head that I really, you know wouldn't mind it dying and playing just you know pulling out a bunch of different characters mm-hmm. uh unfortunately my character has yet to die but i'm about to finish that campaign and start a new one soon but um uh i i will mention one player did have the best uh secondary character um his name was chunky flunkins <laughs> uh the, fir- the, the first one the first character was chunky flunkins and he was a an overweight bard. Uh, uh, did very well with the ladies. Um, and uh, he ended up dying, which uh, I will say, it was the first time that as a DM we knew we were fighting a lich, and we were like level eight. And me as a DM, I've ran a lich before, and I knew like oh, this this is gonna fucking kill us. So <laughs> I tried to role play it a little bit, like it's like a scaredy cat my character telling them like guys i don't think we can, we should do this and uh they were like no nah, we we got this and uh, i i didn't want to meta game and tell them like we can't we can't kill lich so i was like okay my character went along with it we fought it uh that character law died uh chunky flunkins uh <laughs> fast forward two weeks later he had a twin brother <laughs> Hunky Flunkins, that was this <laughs> jacked ass human fighter. Uh, so, a uh, Chunky Flunkins, the uh, overweight uh, bard, was a uh, half elf, and then this guy was just a human. So he said the other half of the elf was human, and that's how he kind of made it work. <laughs> and they were twins, so they uh, he like had it so that his that twin connection was severed, and then that's how he like role played it so that he found us and was like investigating his brother's that's death. Funny. But that's, that, that was like my, my favorite story of um, somebody having two characters ready. I don't know if he had it ready or not, but when he came in with it, it I, <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved it. Chunky Flunkins. Reminds me of like the Dungeons and Dragons episode of uh, Voltron where one character player's character comes dying over and over again. <laughs> I am Jiro. Brother of Shiro, yeah. who died five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. He did. He did mention if he dies again, they're gonna have. He's gonna have a triplet brother named uh, Drunky Flunkins, and it's gonna be a way of the drunken <laughs> Nice. Uh, oh 
God. Drunken monk. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for our dungeon master tip. Multiple characters. Our player tip of the podcast is don't, don't be a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by understanding the world. Learning some of the details of a campaign setting chosen by the GM allows for you to choose key world elements to attach to your character. When your character concepts meshes with the themes and conflicts explored in the game, major events in the campaign can have meaningful repercussions for your character. And accomplishing the goal you set for your character is more likely to have an effect on the direct uh, world and characters around you. Um, This is really important because as a person that has had many players that have just come in and sat down and played and not given two hoots about the lore, um, those that have actually made the effort to understand what's going on in the world, I found have had better character arcs and better characters in general because they're somehow tied to the world that already exists in some way shape or form whether it be Faerun or some sort of uh homebrew that you're running um character creation is super important we've talked about session zero a lot Mm -hmm. um deciding what the theme is going to be what you guys are going to do that's a good opportunity to ask your dm what are the major conflicts that are going on what are the big things in the world so that i can somehow tie my character to it so that if we get involved with that or i care more about that than maybe the other players if you know there's a war going on in the eastern kingdoms and you're on fucking kalimdor but your home is on the Eastern Kingdoms, you're going to want constantly be inquiring, and that yes, that's a World of Warcraft reference, because Classic's coming out, and I'm fucking excited. Uh, but um, <laughs> the players may not give two shits that you're in Kalimdor and what's going on in Eastern Kingdoms, but you, as the character, have tied your story, so maybe you're going to ask questions about it every time you get into town. Maybe you're going to ask the guards, what have you heard, or ask the, the you know, you're going to tie yourself with what's going, that's going on there, and you're going to force the DM to make that a part of the story. And giving you kind of narrative control indirectly a kind of what's going on. Because any good DM that's worth their weight in gold will make an effort to include things that are important to you. And by tying that to the story, it brings in everybody. Sorry, that was a little long-winded. What do you guys think about that? Can I... Is it like a spoiler, I guess, about Halfway to Heroes? About Uh, I think I know what you're about saying yeah that that's uh, about a month out spoiler uh, <laughs> don't but, include that but yeah we uh we definitely have um the guys in halfway to heroes also <clears throat> world building with me and also directly affecting the story um i've i've heard it somewhere referred to as giving the dm knives and i i i like that idea it's when you you know you say you've got, you know, a, a sister that you're really close with, but you haven't talked to in a couple of months or something like that. That's giving the DM a knife that they can, you know, slit her throat well, with. Yeah, they can they can run with um, uh, later down the the story, and uh, right. uh, I really like doing that in my home games, and also uh, I don't really get to do it in half in a one shot onslaught a lot uh, because you know yeah, the, the nature of the kind of podcast, yeah. yeah. But uh, halfway to heroes, I've already got uh, quite a bit of knives from the players' interviews that they did, and um, they're already starting to show as soon as episode seven, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's the big difference between one shot and halfway to heroes is the world world building much. Yeah, and that, and that puts a lot of the the power in your guys' hands. I mean, because now yeah. when your character is tied to events in the world, 
it means more when those events have weight in the story. Yeah. Um, and that's going to, that's almost always going to be true. Um, and as a DM, that's a great opportunity as Adam was saying to really pull them into what's going on because, Oh, on my character sheet, it says, Oh, I have an aunt that lives in fucking, you know, water deep. Oh fuck. Water deep is under attack. I probably yeah. should care about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. they use that in the, the pre-generated rogue, don't they? The pre-generated rogue has like a, an ant or something that yeah. gets involved with the, um, that's what Dustin played. Uh, he played the pre-generated character rogue in the starter set. And I was supposed to be a halfling, but I was a, a, a drow. So then it didn't really make sense. <laughs> I had his aunt as a halfling still. I forgot the correct. Did I mention it was like my second day ever DMing? So, <laughs> But that that's it's a really funny. good example of that sort of thing because it basically gave the DM a tool and part of the story that tied that rogue directly to those events. Um, and you, you, you as the player have control over that. So do that. Don't rely on your DM to tell you that stuff. So, yep. You going to say something? Nope. Nope. That'll do it. For, <laughs> uh, that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't, don't be, be a dick. dick. <laughs> don't be dick. And you can avoid dickitude <laughs> by understanding the world around you. Dang it, now, dick. Before we close out, we have one more prize to give away. Compliments of Jeff Stevens. Ooh. Ooh. A small village. Empty of villages except for one boy. Found sitting and weeping next to a jester's pageant wagon. The boy explains that the villagers including his family, followed a jester into the wagon and never came out. What madness could the adventurers face? Can they save the villagers? Or will they go mad trying? Can you survive the madhouse of Tasha's kiss? <gasps> I know Tasha's kiss. We know that. Hey, hey, no spoilers. You should have seen his facial, Adam's <laughs> facial expressions when that started playing, and he recognized it. Oh man! <laughs> can I can I say when I was picking my favorite module I've ever ran, that was it was hard. It was really hard not to pick uh, any of Jeff's work uh, works, let alone Tasha's kiss. I oh man, I really loved that that module. <laughs> Did you know? And John was ooh. If you head on over to CritAcademy.com and subscribe, you'll be entered to win. We give away a copy every single week. Oh my god! Oh, you already have so it, good. so I guess that doesn't mean nothing. <laughs> but you can get the other two. Uh, Brandon, who's our or Ian? Who's our winner today? Our winner today is R. Marbach. Where'd you go? Our Motherfucker. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. <laughs> uh, congratulations! It at the drop. It, sto- it, it stops itself. on its own. <laughs> oh man, it's about to drop. I think 15 seconds is about the <laughs> boundary for copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, congratulations to R. Marbach. If you enjoyed the adventure, please leave Jeff Stevens a review. <laughs> oh, well that was a fu- that's a fucking long ass episode yeah, so please join us on our next episode where we will be interviewing jeff stevens again this will be like his third time on the show uh, right we're so excited oh, we're going to be discussing we- encounters <laughs> on the savage seas or matey i think we might have to be guys here who are jealous and getting the most out of your <laughs> can high I join that? can adventures. i join that just like you can, wa- you can watch you can watch the live stream 
on Twitch. Follow us on Twitch. <laughs> um, you can ask him all the say, questions. We, we must be doing something good for him if he's coming back. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> Making yeah, driving like, his sales. I was, telling, <laughs> I was telling Dustin before we started recording. I was like, uh, uh, we were, he was trying to pick his favorite module, and we were talking about Jeff, and I said how. I like so many of just modules, but I cannot turn one shot onslaught into just a just <laughs> the one shot Steven show. <laughs> um, I'm super excited. I love Jeff. Jeff is awesome. He's a supporter. He's a patron. He is just phenomenal. Uh, you definitely got to come and watch us live on Twitch. If you have any feedback on tips and tricks or topics you would like us to discuss, please send them to us. You can email them to us at critacademy at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook at Crit Academy. We hope you've enjoyed your experience here at the Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a, hopefully, five-star review on iTunes or your platform of choice. Or you can just send us a message telling us how much you enjoyed the show. We love that. I, I know I do. I get like a heart on every time somebody leaves me an awesome message telling me how great I am. It's fucking fantastic. Keep doing that. <laughs> like my ego barely fucking fits in the studio right now. Um, also, be sure to give us a like and a share. If you'd like to support our show, we've talked about it before. You can purchase up our DMs Guild product. I highly recommend checking out the War Chanter and the Brawler. Um, they do have fees to them, but that's because I put a fuck ton of t- they're fucking doing the wave on the stream. Um, I uh, I put Johnny a fuck ton of playtime and I spend money on art and it's I have to charge for it. But if you still want to support the show, you can actually pick up our gun mage. It is a pay what you want, so you can take it for free and come back and give us your money later. Um, <laughs> it's only a few sales away from a uh, silver bestseller, and that's a pay what you want. Yeah, there's like fifteen hundred sales on that or downloads. It's on definitely that, fun. I yeah. hope playtest it. You're still playtesting it. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've made a few. I've am. made adjustments huh. because of you. What? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, you can also uh, become a patron of our show. Um, becoming a patron um, is a really great way to support the show. At our our gold tier, at our ten dollar tier, um, not only do you get a complimentary copy of our Unearthed Tips and Tricks book, you get a free complimentary copy of whatever our most current uh, DMs Guild product is. You get a monthly adventure. You get to fucking join our Discord. You get to do our. Our, be part of our monthly uh, patron one shot. You get to, I mean, there's so much fucking shit. It is called Fat Loots for a reason. Um, so definitely check it out. Uh, Brandon does commissions. You can He does full color body art and line art. I'm sure you've been getting a lot of uh, business from that. You're welcome. No, sure. I haven't. You just finished one. <laughs> make sure to subscribe to our show at critacademy.com follow us on twitch.tv slash critacademy and subscribe on youtube so we can help you on your future adventures as well as be entered to win cool prizes each and every single week make sure to check out our fellowship members as well if you have not checked out inner party conflict gabe and jeff they do amazing jobs answering your questions much better than us they're more professional they sound like they know what they're talking about and don't fuck off nearly as much as we do so check them out D character lab if you like character creating characters just like our patron steven who has fucking 57 of those motherfuckers head on over <laughs> to D character lab and listen to them every week they make such amazingly fleshed out characters in their most recent episode they covered our product our brawler in our mage our gun mage i was a little upset by one thing and i i messaged uh dnd character lab about it uh garen didn't it was it was a shit i don't know if it was garen or dan didn't actually talk about the biggest point of ma- what the brawler can do he can knock bitches prone and headbutt those motherfuckers and stomp on their faces 
<laughs> and I was like, that's like the court, and you forgot it. But that's okay. Um, it's definitely, it should have been like a two on their uh, ally assist. Um, but anyways, um, also check out Brute Force and Ignorance. Um, I know they just went on hiatus, but their show is still great. Actually, currently, it's the only actually actual play podcast on the Crit Nation Fellowship. You can also find a collection of other collaborators, Game Master Stash, Facebook group, the the kind GM just joined us last week, so welcome him. Yay! You, you were about to say you didn't tell me, but have you ever watched the motherfucker? Um, there's a lot of great shows on the Crit Nation Fellowship. You can head on over to CritAcademy.com slash Crit-Nation and check them all out. They're all fucking fantastic. Um, and then, of course, you guys want to give yourself one last plug before we close out here? Yeah, I am, Adam, again, Adam DeWeese from One Shot Onslaught and Halfway to Heroes. And uh, I think we've already plugged all of our shit enough. <laughs> yeah, I was going to plug something real quick. Go ahead. Um, my shop, I make... Um, uh, dice boxes and dice trays and all that uh, iron claw relics on etsy but it's open at the moment but i was thinking yeah, there's johnny's box oh, yeah. right there that's, yeah, that's we're holding that hostage holding that hostage right now johnny <laughs> this this motherfucker what? wants to put my dice box on etsy so i can buy it and have it shipped to me Man, ten dollars <laughs> to ship it to you you need to pay that i Why told you i, I want it you're like He's like, oh, I'll, I'll put it on Etsy. Listen, you buy it for a few bucks and then pay for shipping. Right. I put it on Etsy for 10 bucks. You pay for it for the shipping and you can leave me a review, man. Win win. That's a sponsored anyway. review, right? <laughs> He's distracted me. Stop it, Adam. Sorry, man. He's no, distracting you by I, showing um, your product. I'm actually, I'm actually going to close my shop, I think, soon. It's open at the moment, but I might close it until the convention within a month because i need to get a big um inventory for uh, the convention sure so i may close it um for a month or so i'm not sure but it's open at the moment right well definitely check it out guys i am your host justin i'm your guest adam deweese johnny hafner dustin deweese i'm your host ian i'm your co-host brandon thanks for listening keep your blades sharp and spells prepared heroes <laughs> <laughs>